0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford, and I am the pastor of the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And it's my great priv- privilege to say hello to my congregation here in Dallas and to let you know that uh, I'm here in the sanctuary, and uh, the presence of the Lord is so rich. Um, we're very grateful to be able to call this place our home, and I would encourage all of you to find time to come by here and pray. Now, that's the beauty of what we've enjoyed as a congregation over the years. We, we established the PASS, the pass um, code. Not the passcode, the little entry card uh, electronic entry capacities for all of our congregation. and um, you can come up here and pray throughout the day. I mean, you, you you worry about social distancing and COVID. Well, I've been all over this sanctuary today. I don't see COVID anywhere. I haven't seen anybody but angels so I think I think if that's we're we're trusting the blood of Jesus as our covering every day, and God has preserved our congregation but if if that's a major concern for you, I want to just confirm that this is not like Grand Central Station here. i mean you you can come here and pray, and the only issue that we have is that when people see one another, And I would think that if you came during the week, you probably, unless you go looking for somebody, you're not going to see other people. But we we kind of come together because we love one another. And I would just encourage you not to be in fear, but but don't come up and act like you're on a picnic out at White Rock Lake, you know. Use some wisdom. But for the most part, I was here praying for several hours yesterday. I didn't see anyone. A ruby was here. But what I'm saying is don't let fear keep you away from the house of the Lord. You need to be in prayer. You can pray at home. Yes, of course. We've talked about that. God is establishing the terio where you have, uh where you reside. That's something wonderful that he's doing. But you have the option to come here and pray. And I, I'm not, you know, whenever the pastor says this, then everybody gets all heartbroken and everything. We don't have, we don't have that middle group of the mighty men that is peer pressure that keeps people going. You know, <clears throat> our t- twins are going to a uh, a school that is a, is a really good school. In fact, their mommy went there for a number of years, and their aunt did too. But it's it's largely I would say Bible Baptist, and those folks are organized to a T. I mean, they—they are in lockstep. I mean, if if something goes out, man, they're they're telling you you got to do this, you got to do that. I don't want to get authoritarian about it, but we really don't have that structure here because we recognize that prayer cannot be cajoled, it cannot be, uh, um, it cannot be forced upon anybody, you can't legalize prayer, uh, you, can't, um, you can't make it something that is a law that people do, because when you do that, then you, you remove the romance and the devotion. I mean, it, I remember having to go to my relative's house, some of my relatives, and I didn't want to be there, but I knew I had to be, because my parents made me be there. And that's a bad feeling, and I I don't think that we ever communicated that that's what I felt. I know my sister felt the same way. (laughs) But um, there's nothing worse than being with somebody that you know really doesn't want to be with you. They're just there because they have to be. Well, there's probably worse things than that. But we we can't legislate, I said legalize earlier, but legislate prayer. And I, I really do believe that we're not going to coerce or force anybody to come, but I, I would say this. God has entrusted us with this powerful opening, this wonderful place where the Lord himself abides and where he meets with his people. And we have prayed over decades here. Don't forsake that. And I, you know, I can tell you in this environment, you have the latitude. Most of you, now some of you are working hours and hours and hours. You still need to be praying. (laughs) You you know, when you stand before the Lord and he says, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? Well, you know, I was just so busy. That's not going to cut it. But that's, I'm, I'm digressing. But most of you have, the latitude to come by and pray, I'm not saying every day, even though that would be nice, but you you should be here uh, we should when we have our Saturday morning prayer times um this past Saturday there were and again don't don't be offended by this. I'm trying to speak the heart of the Lord here, but we had a handful of people here, and that's fine, but I'm thinking. As pastor, and you should hope that I'm thinking this, are my people that God has put in my charge praying? Now, yes, you can pray at home. We've we've encouraged that. But we need to be honoring this house. And if, if you look back over your schedule and you say, well, I came to church on Sunday, that's great. I, that is really wonderful. Well, when was the last time you prayed here? This is not acceptable if your answer is, I can't remember. So let's come to pray. You can social distance easily, easily. And I'm not going to send out teams looking for you or to tell you, does he really want me there? Uh, it's before you and God, and we must be praying. We must be honoring this house, and it, it's it's a great delight. Now, now again, I know in the past years there was, there were things that were said, you know, that we weren't hopping up and down and shouting and doing all the things that maybe, maybe during the honeymoon phase or during a time when more active people were here that were done. And there, was the, there were mocking statements made. Honestly, I'm not shouting before the Lord all the time. I do believe in the shout and I do release that. But it's kind of, did you ever, did you ever talk to somebody who just was really loud as a loud talker? And you think, whoa, 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 calm down. I'm just wanting to talk to you right now. I just want to talk. Don't shout at me. Um, And and there there are times in communing with the Lord, even for those who were avid advocates of everybody being fired up, I've seen those very people be silent for hours. So you can't say that because people come and they, if they're praying in, in diversities of tongues, if they're praying in the spirit of God's using them, that the volume of their, of their speech, it determines whether they're communicating with God or not. But I know that some folks, they, it's just like something in them. They, they, they're easily motivated. And if, if things are hopping, man, they'll jump right in. You give, them, you give them one of those times where God's hiding his face and you have to search for him, and that's everywhere in the scripture. And they don't know what to do with themselves. So you know, I don't know that I want to come and pray when it's just me. Well, we have wonderful sound system here, and we have Spotify connected. You could connect your device by the the uh, little wire if you have one of those microphone deals. And and really, on the menu on the on the on the remote, it very clearly shows you the options that you want to select. You don't have to totally reconfigure the unit to do it sometimes I come in and I think who's been messing with this machine why are all these things changed around it's very simple it's very plain but if you just want to come pray on your own or if if you're happy with the volume in your in your own um, on your own iPhone or Android device or your iPad do that you know you can pray in the chambers you can pray in the sanctuary we can pray, I sound like Winston Churchill. We'll pray in the chambers. We'll pray in the sanctuary. We'll fight them on the beach. We'll fight them in the cities. But don't forsake the assembling of yourself before God. And there, there's no excuse for that. I don't care what kind of regiment, if, if Anthony Fauci shows up at your door every morning and tells you exactly what to do and what not to do, there's no excuse. For forsaking being here to pray. This, you know what? I I got here like at six this morning, because I had to get ready for this broadcast and for the Brazilian um, message of the week. And I'm not boasting. I'm just saying I like to be out early. That's just the way I. That's the way I roll. But so far, I haven't seen anybody here. You know, I prayed. It's just wonderful. You can come and pray. Now, I'm not asking you to come, and if you see somebody sitting over on the sidelines, you think, oh, this is my opportunity to go and talk to them. In the sanctuary, should be off limits. I mean, unless, unless you're both up and walking out, you're going to talk. Don't go and approach somebody who's praying. Or even if you don't know whether they're praying. They may be meditating before the Lord. God may be speaking to them. And I know you're lonely. Call them. Email them. Text them. But let's preserve this place of prayer. And for the most part, I see that it's being done that way. I didn't intend to say any of this this morning. But I do believe that God wants us to at least once a week be here praying at least once a week. I I remember back in the old days, we were here every day. Sometimes two or three times a day. And I'm I'm pretty much here because this is where I work. But you need to be here praying. Pray at home, yes. But this is, you know, the disciples went up to the temple to pray at the time of prayer. And then they prayed in their houses too. This, This is something that we must do. This place is a divinely divested responsibility. It's a treasure. And you need to be here praying. You know how many people in our network are grieving in some ways because they're not able to be here and to come to pray. Um, And I, I pray for them and I try in whatever way I can not to be a crutch, but to encourage them because we do appreciate I love going to so many of the places uh, in our network and praying with the with the folks. But we need to be a people of prayer. We are that. And so nobody's going to be policing you. We haven't defunded that effort. We just don't do it because of what I said earlier. It needs to be a matter of the heart, not of coercion, to come to pray. But I I am strongly encouraging you be here to pray and even if you come on sunday mornings for church and i know by the time 10 20 rolls around people are greeting one another from a distance and you know that's really not what i'm saying you should decide you're going to come to pray but sunday school's at nine o'clock it's in it's in the youth room and The worship team comes at 10 o'clock and they're in the chambers. The sanctuary's open. You can come earlier in the morning and pray. You know, these next couple of weekends, and I don't know times or strategies yet. we will hear about it this weekend. But the next two weekends on Sundays, we're going to be praying about our nation and about the election. And two weeks from now, we're going to pray in the place where Hundreds and hundreds of voters are going to stream through to vote on Election Day. But those are, those are concerted moments where we say, okay, let's all get together and get behind this. But from your personal viewpoint, this place misses your input and your involvement. And so... Let's pray. And if you're listening to this and you're part of our extended family and we're so grateful for this, um, we we are so thankful for the saints that are, are part of this mutual calling that God has given to the saints. I encourage you two to be faithful in your prayers. If you're believing that your home is your church, or if your home is the place where you know God is going to be bringing people to study the Word, this COVID thing kind of put a temporary kibosh on that. But you look at it as a as a time of prep. You pray and you you speak forth the imet, the the fulfilled Word from the right hand. And we're going to be looking at that in Zechariah eight. So you may want to be turning there. There's no teaching sheet today. We're just in two passages of Scripture. Save the paper, save the effort. But, you know, if you're part of a church that is a saint's church, pray. And we can't gather together. And I know there are all kinds of things that are said. Find some way to do it. And I know it's awkward, but as awkward as it is, it is, it's better than nothing. I mean, if you have to pray with a conference call or if you have to have somebody schedule a, a Skype and one place plays music and you just pray for a few minutes or however long you determine and then you you if you want to glean what the Lord was showing, that's your business. But we need to be praying every day. We need to be praying and, you know, I also recognize that things have kind of loosened up for us. You know, a lot of you are just at home. You've got family there at home. It's like an extended vacation in some ways. And maybe not all those people are intercessors. I know it's difficult. You can just kind of float along on the on the current of, of familial tide. And um, I know it's difficult, but... You know, I'm, I'm at home with uh, my wife and daughter and I don't come in there during the time when they're at home after work or whatever and plop down and proscuneo on the floor and command people to pray. I mean, that would be a, that would be a sight, wouldn't it? Katie could capture that on, on video and post it. Hey, maybe I'll try that. I, I try to find other times to pray early in the morning is a great time. Some of you don't go to bed till early in the morning, so I don't know what you do. But if I if you go to bed like me early, if if somebody in your house does that, you can pray then. There's nothing on late night TV anyway unless you want to bash Trump. Now how much more can you bash? I mean, after a while it's remember the Alamo. Yay! Remember the Maine. Who can forget it? So don't you don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, and don't forsake that precious time before the heavenly Father, because it is it is desperately needed in your life and in the life uh, of our country, but most um, most prolifically in the life of the kingdom. You know, the enemy's side is not being silent. We, we're we not really aware of all the things that are going on clandestinely in the dark arts, in the dark realm. Uh, there are very organized units of people who basically serve Satan. Uh, sometimes they say they're serving Mother Earth or you know, they they, they delve in what they call white witchcraft and But there are others that are just, as Elamus was, a son of Satan. And uh, so I'm not even talking about that. But there is an agenda for darkness today. We're getting a picture in a number of ways at what the Bible clearly says is going to happen in the end time. We're in the end time. I believe that. And by that, I'm not saying the seven-year period. Only God knows that. So put your charts away and don't don't hit me with all that stuff. I've heard that all my life. Uh, and when I, the thing I always remember is I believe what the Word of God says, but I believe in that Word when Jesus said, the Son doesn't even know, only the Father knows. So if you think you've got it figured out and you know the dates and the times, Gee, you're, you're just, I'm not saying you're not intelligent, I'm not saying you don't, haven't picked up on things, but nobody can predict that. If Jesus couldn't, you can't. Shall I hide this thing which I do from Moses? What was, that, what was that said? When God was about to move, when God was, was ready to go in and bring judgment. I don't think he's at that point yet. Do you? And we'd want him to. There are a lot of people I'd put on the list right now from a natural perspective. But I think that I think that we need to just be... We need to be aware that things are happening. Now, I know that the Department of Justice filed a lawsuit against Google yesterday. That's probably going to go on for over a year. And... You know, Europe had some kind of a, a lawsuit. The European Union, and I think in Ireland and other places, had a lawsuit against Google, and it finally didn't really solve anything. Just find them a lot of money, but th- this whole business businesses shutting down. You can you can order things online through Amazon, or you can you can get the same party line search engines where Google controls and Twitter controls what you see and what you hear and if, if there's something that you know is there that you really want to listen to sometimes you enter in all the information and it takes you forever to find it uh, I, I believe that that one world system is really being in the, it's in the formulative stage now. For me to say that is is an anomaly because I've always resisted people that were reactionary. I remember years ago when amusement parks started stamping the hands of people if they were going to go out so that they could get back in, so they'd have a re-entry into the park. And there were a number of people said, "Don't do that. It's the mark of the beast." I don't think the Mark of the Beast is going to be able to be washed off. <laughs> and so, you know, I guess you just stay in the park. Don't go to the park. Stay in the park all day. Or enter into the Beast camp. But, you know, and I thought that was ridiculous. Because I thought, you know, just this doesn't make any sense. Now, was it a precursor to what was coming? Maybe. I remember when uh, the little codes on the products... Or you could scan them. That was a big issue too. Oh, see those codes? That's the that's the beast mark. I remember when uh, credit cards, Mastercard, Master Charge, came out. Diners Club, and they had when they when they actually entered that little band on the back. Remember the days when you used to put it down a machine and they'd run the thing, and you'd have that you'd have the. There's multiple prints, the thing that the company, that the business kept, the thing that they submitted for payment, and the carbon copy that was given to you. Well, when it first started going into that magnetized band, oh man, that was the mark of the beast. Well, some of you may have believed that at the beginning. You have a whole wallet full of mark of the beast then. Because you can't have a credit card without that. Uh, yes, maybe those steps have been coming up to this point, but now, here we are. So I would never have imagined myself saying what I'm saying right now, but you look. Uh, it's, it's a controlling environment and cancel culture and crowd speech and even this election. You know, and I, again, I'm just talking. What's happening? There are millions of people who are going to vote for the Republican Party who dare not put a sign in their yard because of the in-your-face molestation by activists on the left. And that should never happen in America. But it is all over the place. And you know it's true. There's an older lady that lives beside us. She had a Trump-Pence sign in her yard. And all, throughout our neighborhood, all these other viewpoint signs started emerging. And then I noticed as this dear older lady moved the sign up and put it on her door on the other side of a screen door, I think some people had either stolen it or defaced it. Who would do that to an 80-plus-year-old woman? I mean, you got to have... Some spiritual angst to go after somebody like that. This is America. This isn't the Politburo. This isn't you know the, 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 the brown shirt squads and crystal knocked. It could easily go there. Did you hear about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that uh, some of the think tank of leftist ideology is wanting to impose should President Trump lose? where they call people in who supported him and get them to renounce. No, no, it's a very real thing. Can you imagine such a thing? Can you ima- But yet here it is, and it's being not just talked about, it's being planned. I heard our brother Pete Buttigieg, that great and shining light from the state of Indiana, was on with Chris Wallace on on Sunday, and it was very interesting to hear He's in the transition team for Biden. Very interesting to hear some of the things that he let out of the bag that are that are going to be coming if Uncle Joe, Sleepy Joe, is elected. Get ready for that stacking the court. 15, 15 is the target. Supreme Court justices. And then it becomes a legislative body. It will become a legislative body. And whoosh goes away religious liberties goes away second Amendment. i don't know if it'll make that noise or not but that's the agenda oh but you say oh you know look what trump did in these three in these last three years he he nominated three supreme court justices well so what i don't see john roberts he, he was a conservative he was he's voted with the left ideology more than anybody else in the past several years. So once people are committed, if if they're pure in heart, that that fear mongering, I, I mean I could just go off and I obviously am. But there's one other thing I want to say, then we're going to go to Zechariah chapter eight. The enemy is using uh he's using principles that are firmly rooted in the scripture. He is. Did you ever notice that ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS they used to compete with one another. When I was a kid, they they Huntley Brinkley competed with Walter, Cron- Walter Cronkite. Uh, and um, they they would try to find yes, they'd cover they'd cover issues but they would try to find things that set them apart so that their viewership would be appealed to. Not so anymore. You know, it's been widely reported, not by conspiratorial rags, that every morning there are a lot of leftist think tank leaders, including a guy named David Axelrod, who ran Obama's campaign, who is now basically running Biden's campaign. Every morning they talk and say, what will be our agenda for today? What is our speak today? What will we say today? This is this is a fact. This isn't a conspiratorial thing. And you watch. Yesterday I just noticed ABC, NBC, CBS all led with the very same things, the very same words to describe it, the very same crowd speak, and it's it's what it is. It's just there. It it's almost like a five-fold prayer where I used to say everybody's praying around the world. Look what God's saying. It's the same thing. Well, the enemy is enforcing this in, in, in the natural. Here's what we're going to say. Let's all say this because we hate we hate a conservative ideology. We have another ideology. And so you have that going on. Oh, I didn't know. I don't think that. Well, just watch it. Just Don't don't believe what I'm saying. Try it tonight. Look and see what CBS, ABC, NBC all lead with. Look at the catchphrases. You you, you might as well. They put it all in a Vitamix blender, mixed it up and they're pouring it out as a smoothie. And that's that's in some ways mind control and then you have the the big tech who's deciding what you can see and what you can't see and you know if they don't like what what you believe they'll they'll put a, a marker on it and close your account that should scare regardless of your political leaning that should be something that is not in any way accepted in the United States of America where freedom of speech should be ours not so much Oh, you can say it but you'll be canceled in an hour you can put it up but it could be yanked down easily you can be frozen and I, I admire and appreciate those who who you know this this ideology Which is really, I believe, there are some good points in it, but it's it's demonic, and it's setting the stage for the end-time rule of the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. And guess who's going to be the main warriors against that, if you believe the Scripture, if you've not deconstructed this out of your Bible yet, if you believe the book of Revelation has already happened, which... I can't even believe that some of some of our former um, colleagues believe. Read what's read what's going to happen. It's the saints, and it's those who are prophetically inclined that the Queen of Heaven detests, and she'll have a cup filled with the blood of the saints. Oh, such a thing couldn't happen in America. Well, did you think? Did you think you'd see the things that are happening now? No, I never thought so. I mean, I remember when I was uh, in um, grade school and I went to Arlington Elementary in in Pittsburgh. It's kind of, you know, Pittsburgh has uh, the Monongahela. It comes... Out from West Virginia and the Allegheny that comes from the north and it meets at the point and then forms the Ohio. Well, uh, in the south side, very a lot of it, where I lived when I was a little boy, was kind of like the heights that you could eventually go and look down on the Monongahela. And so, um, my school was not really inner city, even though for the first five years of my life, we lived in the projects. And I mean the projects. And, you know, my dad and mom, my mom didn't work. My dad worked at the mill. We had five kids. We didn't have a whole lot of money. So well, we basically grew up in the projects. I, just my earliest memories, I would go out as a five-year-old to get my brothers for dinner and they'd be out playing pickup basketball, and uh, it was those two white boys and a bunch of other uh, wonderful kids, they were all African Americans. We didn't think anything of it. We lived in the projects, which was fine. It was fine. Wonderful neighbors. And, But then um, we moved A little bit, just a little bit away from the projects into a little house because we needed more room. I mean, I slept in a room with my brothers. We all three slept in a bed. It was, Yuali would have been comfortable with that. Um, I don't think there'd have been room for him because we were tall. He couldn't have wedged in at the bottom of the bed. My sister had her own room. My oldest sister got married at 17 and she was gone. And my parents had a room which is his teeny little house, probably thousand square feet. But I went to school at Arlington Elementary and Pittsburgh was a union town and it because of the mills and the factories. And largely the unions voted Democrat. Now we were my dad was in the union. I was in the union for a while, but um Somehow, we were in the Pentecostal church and there was more of a conservative leaning. So, I remember my little classroom in the year that, uh, in 1968, when Nixon was being uh, voted on. And uh, my classroom, I guess we probably had about 20, maybe 25 kids. There were me and three other white kids and everybody else was African-American, which was fine with me. Those were my friends. They, they were sweet kids, and still are. I'm, my next door neighbor was an old man named Mr. Holly. He was probably, of course, anybody when you're that age, five is an old man. I'm an old man now. I would've thought I was an old timer. But Mr. Holly really was old. He, was, he sat in his chair, his rocker out on his porch, and he was our next door neighbor. Every year, I would get little chicks or ducks for Easter. That was a big thing. Remember, they'd color them, which you never would do now, with different colors. And when they'd get old enough, we'd give them Mr. Holly. And, and I, I, I didn't know what he did with them. I think he had a good meal with them. He was real happy with a duck we brought over there one time. Why my dad didn't, you know, they grew up on the farm. Why the, my mom didn't wring the neck. Maybe we were city by then. Mr. Holly had a granddaughter that lived with him, Candace, and we we played together all the time. So anyway, I remember the teacher had us raise our hand. Who are your parents voting for? And um, I was the only kid in my class who raised my hand saying that my parents were voting a Republican ticket. And again, because it was more conservative and my dad was in the unions. We all were there, and it was no big deal. It was no big. It was no big deal, and you couldn't do that now, man. You would get beat up in the hallway, even though I was a husky fellow. You know, you can't. You, 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 it's just terrible now. I mean, it's, this nation is so divided, and I would think that the more progressive ideologies are are very structured. They have agenda. They have money behind them. And they're leading more toward a controlled society where anything goes and anybody who stands for the Bible or stands for a more conservative viewpoint is seen as a threat Uh, and, and they're called all kinds of names. So if you don't know this is happening, wake up. It's there. Now, is the, is, the, is, the, is the right organized? Yes, but not to the degree that the left is. That's always the case. The church is never as organized. You know, even Jesus said the children of mammon are wiser than the children of, of light. Of, and Jesus said that. And it's still true. So, I, we're in this 10th month, and I can say all these things with joy in my heart. I, I'm, I'm happy with what God is doing. He's blessing. The work of the Lord is continuing. We've got to keep that mindset. And like I said, let God work on Sunday and yesterday on Saints Radio. Let God continue to work in those deepest places in you to where you're galvanized in Him. And uh, in those points of strength, you're, you're like Jesus when He groaned or sighed uh, from that point of strength and Brimay. Um, let God develop those in you so that you can represent what God is what God is requiring of you. Moses reacted and he lost. Saul reacted and he lost. Um, the, the list goes on of people that Peter reacted and he 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 lost but then he was redeemed we've got to let god work in those places in us so that when our integrity is revealed it truly is a divine and righteous integrity uh that's really what we've got to be it's for the table in the presence of the enemy we've got to we've got to find that place and enjoy it and utilize it so we're in this 10th month, this fast of feasting month, and we believe that God has allowed us to triumph and thrive in this month that the enemy used to just bring all kinds of havoc against the saints. Now, we've talked about that, but the 10th month is really a beginning month of the spiritual calendar. And you can say, oh, it's because of the Jews. Uh, I I just think that it's, it's more because of this is what God is doing. It's the beginning of the the, uh, the beginning of the seasons is winter, and the spiritual beginning of the seasons is now. So the enemy wants to corrupt this beginning of seasons. We used to have we had murders, we had deaths, year after year. We would have catastrophes that would happen in people in the in the in the tenth month for several years and then we said enough and we declared that God was taking this back and that stopped. And he said, well, why didn't you know this from the beginning? Well, come on. Whenever God begins a thing, the enemy comes. When the enemy comes in, then like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. The enemy will try to corrupt. Anytime Jesus was beginning a thing, or a new season was beginning in in the in the bible you had men of belial you had people who uh, with unclean spirits you had those that would rise up and try to block the momentum it's always there and god allows that it's kind of like the theatron principle that paul said you know he set the apostles last as a spectacle When God begins something to the intent now before the principalities and powers in the heavens, God reveals his mysteries through the church. It's not that we're welcoming the enemy. It's just that God plays so amazingly fair with the enemy to where the enemy will never be able to say, you took advantage. You you overwhelmed. See, that's what I was telling these angels when we rebelled. God always gives that favor. So he let us see things and then he let us participate with him in turning them. So this 10th month is a fast of feasting month and we, we're we rejoicing in the Lord. Does it mean we're happy with all the things that we see go on? No, but we're rejoicing in the Lord. And so we do away with bitterness. We fast bitterness. That's what this is for so that we can align ourselves with the Lord of hosts who commissioned this wonderful progression of months, the 4th, 5th, 7th, and 10th. I'm not reteaching that right now. The teachings are available on archive where you can find them. I don't think Google's blocked us yet. So, um, in Zechariah 8, verses 16 and 17, it says, These are the things that you shall do. Speak every man the truth to his neighbor. Now, truth is emet, and truth is the fulfillment of the amon. That's etymologically what happens. Emet, E-M-E-T, is the fulfillment of the iman, which is the right hand. This, the right hand is the belief. It's what... In the Old Testament, because God said to Moses, because you failed to believe what I told you, the aman, what I told you prophetically from the right. And this is all through the Old Testament. Believe the prophets and you shall live. And it's, it's about that prophetic beginning, the right to, to agree with God there. So we should be speaking to our neighbor, the one that is alongside us in the things of the Lord. What God has said he's going to do, and what we're believing God is going to do. You've you've got to be that person who doesn't just go out declaring and decreeing and binding and loosing just anything that enters into your head. You've got to be that person that says, This is what affirmatively and and unequivocally God has said and you know, even in the New Testament, when you were in prayer and supplication, deesis and prosuke and then you come along to what Jesus said we should pray in that long passages, those, those, that section of red in the middle of John, aiteo, what God has pinpointed that you should be declaring, and that's the basis for your petitions, tema. But it, it's not just, well, you know, my petition is my grocery list. All the things I want God to do. Maybe I have been praying right, so I don't have my new Mercedes out front. No, it's, it's not talking about your wish list. The desires of your heart should be the desires of what you have focused yourself to accomplish in God. We've talked about the heart a lot recently. We don't doubt in our heart. We're firmed up. So we remember what God has said, what God has said, he wants to do. And this is what we should be encouraging one another with. And I said the enemy uses these principles. They're not necessarily hearing from the Lord, but they're all having the same speech. They're in one accord. It's like what Jesus, when, when God came down and saw the people in Babel, and he said, these people be of One speech, and and whatever they put their heart to do, they'll accomplish. I've got to do something about this. Well, now here we are again. We can accomplish mighty things in God. We have the light. We are the children of the Most High God. We're standing for His Word. We're standing for His Scripture. We're standing for the calling of the saints. That's the best. That's the truth. So we must keep at the forefront what God said he's going to do. What has God said he's going to do? Well, there's some very clear things if you just look at it. Oh, Pastor, I didn't know that God was really saying it. I thought that you were just saying this. <laughs> well... God is establishing His saints around the world. He is awakening pockets of people. You know, I was praying this morning for Nigeria. They are are having a lot of unrest over there, rebellion in the streets, or protests in the streets against police brutality. And I was looking at the videos, listening to the people. I've been privileged to be there with our brother Faladin on a few occasions and I know what it's like to be stopped by a police with an AK an AK submachine gun basically getting money from you so you could go on and here's something people don't want to hear this is there's uh, this is a colorless factor you live in America and you you kind of you hear that police are white supremacy but over in Nigeria, I didn't see any white policemen. I saw a lot of policemen that were on the take and a lot of policemen in that unruly society, a city of 14 million in Lagos that were really getting what they could. And so brutality there, is a protest in a in, uh, in very real fashion, but it has nothing to do with the color of people's skin. And it really doesn't have anything to do with the police. It has to do with absolute power in the hands of people that are just gonna act like humans at their lowest denominator. So we're believing that in Nigeria and in Uganda and in Togo and in Ghana, and in Benin and in Cote d'Ivoire and in other places, uh, Gabon. I remember speaking at a very large church in Bordeaux, a very large church that was just pastored by a a man from Gabon. And so many of these people were um, Commonwealth citizens of France. God's doing work. I don't know, I remember giving all of our materials many years ago to a brother from Niger and telling him, you take these, you just print these. We don't want any royalties. You preach the word. You do. I don't know what's going on in Niger. In South America, we're seeing God move mightily. In India, I'm believing that the seeds sown there through our brothers and sisters are, are growing. But even here in the United States, God has told the saints, set up encampments. And we're working toward that end. We need to be declaring that. Now, I don't think necessarily you go next door with a plate of cookies and tell the people over there that this is what's going on. They'll think you're nuts. You don't cast pearl before swine. But we need to be encouraging our neighbor with the amet. There are so many other things that we as saints know God is doing. This needs to be at the forefront of what he's going to fulfill. And we execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. This is happening in cities around the world. The gates represent where... The access points to a region or to a city or to a nation are doors have to do more with your commune with God individually and and the blessing uh, the prosperity and the commune for you and your and your community, your saints community. Now there are doors that in a in a larger respect, are the ways that God is pouring forth His blessing. You know, the famous, Lift up your head, O ye gates, be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? You ever hear that song? Uh, I'm running out of time. I better cut to the chase here. But in, in the spirit realm, there are gates that really control specific points of functionality In various parts of creation but when God is going to bless his people there are doors from heaven and windows from heaven that God accesses and we we commune there uh, welcoming his, his goodness to pour in and his visitations come to us on a personal level from them you can tell the difference in them when you see them in the spirit realm but the point though is is that in the gates of our nation and in the gates of our city and in the gates of um, different fulcrum points in our world and in the spirit realm, there's warfare there. Judges 5 8 speaks about, you know, we choose other gods and there's therefore war in the gates. We're seeing this spill out in our cities. Many of you spent many. Hours walking in the beautiful city, what used to be the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon. Do you know how many consecutive days there have been riots in the downtown area? It's just awful. There's war in the gates. There's war. Two days ago, there was somebody who threw a firebomb into a police car in Seattle. And the policeman was in there. We saw the... That man who shot two policemen in Los Angeles while they were in their, in their police vehicle. We see that happening and guess what? It really it really doesn't have anything to do with the the crowd speak. There's war in the gates. We need to be speaking as Saints. the Amet of the Lord in the gates. It's a battle for the gates. We're not choosing other gods. We have the one true God. He is more than enough, and we're happy to have him. What else does it say in this tenth month? Execute the judgment of truth and peace. Judgment is the mishpat. Execute is to be creative in an application. This is what we know God has said, and this is what he said in his word spirit of judgment and burning is involved here. So we want the truth and we want peace. We want the, what God has prophesied and declared and what we know, and we want the fulfillment of that, the peace. This is what we should be speaking, truth to our neighbor, and we should be actively before the gates. You can do this in the spirit realm. You may even want to go down there at a time and God leads you to, to the gates, the spiritual gates, places that God leads you to and you, you creatively, prophetically declare what his will is, what he has said that he's going to do and what's going to happen and that it will come forth in peace. Let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. We got to be careful of that. Offense is there. The enemy did some great damage many a few years ago. And and throughout where people imagine evil against their against their neighbor in the Lord and they let that they let that foment and it brought rebellion and it brought separation. God clearly says don't let that happen. Love no false oath. Maybe this is the Hebrew term for fake news. Don't get in don't don't be looking for some kind of a statement so much that you'll believe anything. Man, it that's rampant. You, you take all of these. Uh, all these are things that I hate, says Yahweh. Look at what our enemy is doing. He's speaking every person an enemy agenda. And he's saying it in very concerted terms to people who want to believe this and partner with it. They're very creative and very organized in a behind-the-scenes way. Think about how did the city council in Minneapolis become populated with people who would want to abolish the police department? How did district attorneys backed by nefarious money streams be put in place and go after people who are only standing up for their constitutional rights. How did that happen? It's an organized thing. And the enemy is utilizing this, executing that, not the judgment of God, but the the mindset, the manifestos of a progressive and in many ways, godless environment. They, They want to fulfill what they have prophesied. And they want to bring that about in the midst of the gates. And they function on imagining evil. They demonize the president. They demonize Mike Pence. They demonize any leader. They're targeting for the Truth and Reconciliation Committee. That's, uh, you know, we should know that. There's, the Chinese are real good about that. They, they have camps where they send people who are dissenters or political dissenters and they basically work the people to death there but it's a it's a camp that's supposed to reconfigure their their viewpoint did you hear that a major newspaper reported yesterday that a lot of the the individuals who police facebook and what goes on there are chinese nationals did you hear that it's interesting brought over from Miles Robe, Xi Jinping, and how they control their people. Those are people who are working at Facebook outside of Seattle to to govern what it is we see and what it is that we can receive and put forward. I'm telling you, you see this right here as what we as Christians, as saints, should be doing God hates this negative stuff, but He loves His Word, and He will all, the Word of God will always triumph. So we as saints need to, in this 10th month, need to be looking at this 16th and 17th verses and recognize that the reason there's so much unrest in our gates is because people have chosen other gods. They're following the Council of Seven. They're following a wicked agenda, and That's what the Word of God says. There's war in the gates because of this. And that passage in Judges 5 is right in the heart of when Deborah, the prophetess, with uh, Barak, the the general, were going to stand up under the oak and prophesy and bring battle against Sisera and the enemy forces. You know, we need to believe that we as saints... Are, are, are helping to develop outposts where prophetesses like Deborah and warriors like Barak and prophets like so many in the Scripture will rise up in these hours. We're, we're coming into one of the most eventful time frames in, in God's timetable, the history of mankind. We're going to see great, a great move of God's Spirit But we must know that it's going to be a table in the midst of our enemy. We we must know this. And we must know that just like Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Jesus could heal a man in a synagogue, and on the other side of the synagogue, people in leadership are trying to kill him, are devising ways to kill him. I'm not preaching a downer i'm just preaching what the word says here so we've got to galvanize our thinking remember who you are as saints pray continue to pray in this 10th month feast and rejoice Uh, i'm hoping and believing that the enemy is not going to be able to close this window that god has ordained uh, for us to be able to work for the night is coming um, but because we still have a lot of outposts to to uh, formulate and to instruct and to provide for, I think COVID has been an enemy assignment to to stop that. But God's turning it for the good. We've 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 used this downtime, and it's been a productive time. See, we've we've got to keep this fast of feasting mindset. We cannot go into doom and gloom. We cannot give ourselves over to hate and and anger. We've got to let God develop the deep places of our life, deep places of our spirit so that we can represent Him. And we must must know that this is what God is saying. So, read over these passages again. Implement them in in your own life. Be faithful to pray. Don't give up hope. We are serving the Almighty God. Victory belongs to the Lord. We just need to align ourselves with what He has said to do and to be. And yes, the enemy said, I'll be like the Most High. That That is his agenda. He's utilizing these principles in a nefarious way. And God hates that. But the way you defeat darkness is through being the light and welcoming the light. And the way you defeat the Antichrist is by being Christ-like. So let's be that, shall we? I speak blessing over you. Thanks for tuning in today. And uh, we'll be putting a prayer primer up tomorrow. Be looking for that in the evening. And um, look forward to the time we we'll would be, be, be able to be together in the natural once again but for now know that we're with each other in spirit you have telephones you have FaceTime you have Skype you can reach out to one another do that take advantage of these wonderful blessings that are happening that are available to us now that my lifetime much of my lifetime were never available. It's not the same as being together in the natural, but it's pert near it. (laughs) That's a good West Virginia phrase. All right, God bless you all. Declare the blood of Jesus over you, and we'll look forward to being with you again soon.